Welcome, everybody, to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I am your host, Andrew. I have my co-host, Matt and Vitor, here as well. Guys, it has finally happened. We are here to review a Jets win, 27-24 in overtime over the Titans. Matt, you were the only one to predict it on score predictions last week, so I'm going to go ahead and congratulate you. Did have a feeling and definitely pulled it out in the end. Uh, It was a great game from Zach Wilson. We're going to get right into it. That's what everyone wants to hear about. Vitor, go ahead and tell us about Zach Wilson's big day. Zach Wilson was himself, and that's great. You know, he was aggressive, he was making plays, and he was playing like he used to play at Saturdays at BYU. And that's the thing, you know, we're talking about so much about, we're talking so much about the fact that he's a rookie quarterback and that LaFleur is a rookie offensive coordinator. In the end, this might be good for the Jets because both of these guys, they're creating their own identity on the fly and together. LaFleur doesn't know who he is, the play caller. Zach Wilson doesn't know who he is an NFL quarterback. And they are just learning who they are together in each game. And week four was like, hey, we are aggressive. We're looking for the killer shot. LaFleur on third and 10, two minutes to go into the game, he called a pass play, a drop back pass play, because he trusts Zach Wilson to get the juggler shot. And that's that's what was so fantastic about this game. Zach Wilson was confident. He was rolling out of the pocket. When he saw that safety crumb down on Crowder, he just pointed to Corey Davis to make the big play. And that's confidence. And that's knowing your coaching staff wants you to be yourself. And, and, and I was so encouraged by that. Because Zach Wilson, he's not Mac Jones in a sense that he won't check the ball down the entire game, run the football, and win 2014 with a good defense. That's not Zach Wilson. And with rookie quarterbacks, you got to let them develop under the premise that they can be who they truly are. And Zach Wilson was himself. He was just like Saturdays last year. He was balling. He was decisive. He made some mistakes, yes. But he made those mistakes by trying to win the game, by being aggressive. And I, you know, just just so happy with his performance, with LaFleur's game. Not perfect, but both of those guys, they're starting to get a sense of who they really are. And I like who they are. They're aggressive and they're here to stay. See, yeah, he was aggressive and mostly it worked out. Uh, there were definitely some some plays where it could have gone very wrong. And one play where it did go very wrong uh, with that interception. Uh, I, I mean, Andrew, I think believe, I think you as well, if you don't believe that that was a really poor read by him to to make that throw to Davis, even if he didn't fall at best, it's probably an incomplete pass. Uh, and then there's a few other plays where sometimes he's just trying to float it, be a little cute with the ball and puts it into some dangerous situations. Uh, for the most part, it worked out though. So uh, it, it's all, it's all good if it works out, but when it doesn't, it's, it could be bad. Yeah, that was um, <clears throat> that's going to be the thing with Zach Wilson, I think, for most of his career is that when it works, it's great. And when it doesn't, it's going to be tough. But I think once he gets comfortable and once he keeps that confidence, uh, I think it's going to keep working more than it doesn't. I think confidence was the biggest thing with him uh, on uh, against the Titans, where he was confident in himself and he was confident in his protection and he was confident in his receivers. And we saw him throw that way. We didn't see the timid Zach Wilson where he's missing the easy throws he usually makes. There's a couple towards the end of the game. I would have loved to see him hit to ice it. But even Zach said it himself after the game. That was the one thing he was harping on is that he could have put the game away and that he wants to come back and be better. He wasn't talking about the big throws. He was talking about the ones he missed. And I think that's that really shows that this kid has his head on straight. I think he's only going to get better. And I, I agree with everything that you guys said. I think LaFleur is figuring things out. It was a better game. I wouldn't say I'm overly happy 
because I think that the offense will get to that more. And we talk about this. We continue. I think the offense had some opportunities. They left on the field early, but they re they rebounded and they didn't just keep trying to dig a square peg into a round hole. And they tried different things than when it started to work. And once they got a key of what the Titans were doing, they were calling plays to beat it. The play to Jamison Crowder, uh, where Wilson fumbles the snap in particular, where Wilson said afterwards that he fumbled because he was so excited. They knew it was going to be a big play where they had double crossers off play action against single high man coverage. That's easy money. And he knew either Crowder or Corey Davis was going to be open, depending on which way the safety went and the safety went with Corey Davis. So he knew Crowder was going to be open and he gave him a perfect ball. That's the type of stuff that we talked about for months leading up with Zach Wilson is that his ability to see matchups and exploit them and be just as much a cerebral quarterback as a physical one. We saw both of that and uh, both of those aspects on, on Sunday. I'm really, really encouraged. It was a great day overall. I'm really happy to see. I'm really happy to see him again next week. I think it's going to be more of the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those that play with the Crowder and the one, Nicole, I think he just showed great poise, understanding, and confidence in himself and his arm. Put the ball where it needed to be. Crowder made a great catch. Uh, but yeah, the, to be able to recover like he did and not skip a beat, know exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. It was, it was all very fun to watch. Yeah. And that throw in particular to Cole, uh, that I would thought of you actually immediately once it happened, Matt, because that was the rainbow. That was the touch throw lollipop that we talked about when uh, the very beginning of this podcast leading up to the draft. when we were talking about quarterbacks mm-hmm. where Wilson threw through balls well, but he didn't necessarily always throw with touch when he needed to. That was a great example of a Perfect touch throw, ball. an absolute beautiful throw. And it's great to see that we've seen him to change in ways to make himself better and not lose who he is at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys know one throw that I really liked? DP out to Davis because the Jets had a run call to the line. I think the Titans were in bear, right? Every O line from the mm-hmm. Jets was covered. They had like two more or three linebackers. So eight man box can't run. So Wilson just can't, right? Can, can, can. You throw the run, the run play in the trash can and go to your pass play. And it's just a beautiful out route to Corey Davis. And that play started to change the momentum of the game. I think it was in the first touchdown drive. That play started to change the momentum of the game, right? Good out route, Wilson can in the play. I didn't see it in the first three games. Didn't even know if LaFleur called two plays and gave Wilson the ability to can or kill one of the plays. But when I saw it, I was really encouraged. Like, hey, he's more confident. They, they're letting him he, a bit more lose. This is a good play. And then the Jets went on, scored a touchdown. You know, I was really, really encouraged. Yeah, Wilson said it himself that after that first touchdown and after that drive in particular with that out route to Corey Davis, that the whole team kind of had a little bit of a sigh of relief. And they were like, okay, we calm down. We can do this. It's 9-7. We didn't go the entire first half without scoring. You know, we can, we're in this game. And I think that really confidence, like I said, was the was the biggest thing of the whole the whole game is that the team played incredibly confident. They never wavered and they fought until the very end. They thought they were the better team and they acted like it. And that's that's what we've been waiting to see from this team for the entire season. It was really, really encouraging to see. I'm really happy with them. And moving on on top of that, uh, after Zach Wilson, the O-line and receivers, I think, were an, on another part in particular that did an excellent job. Uh, we've had for weeks where we've had receivers dropping passes. We've had protection being suspect. I think both aspects were great. And this was an example of Zach Wilson trusting in his playmakers around him and his protection as well as himself. Everything came together really well. And I hope that it can give the offense some some rhythm going forward. This is something that really they should be building off of. Yeah, I mean, and they need to build off of it because if they don't, they're just going to fall back to what we saw with Denver, to what we saw against the Panthers. And we do not want to see that going forward. Uh, there was a great game by the offensive line uh, in totality. 
between uh, Vera Tucker probably having his best game so far. Uh, even in the run game, you could see him moving up in the second level, taking on two or three uh, separate defenders in one play. It, it's it was very fun. Uh, I think going forward, uh, we're going to need to maybe uh, work on the getting that running game started early in the games because it doesn't seem like Lafleur wants to move away from that at all. Uh, so they're going to need to find a way to get it going. So it's not such a a burden on us early in the game. So we're not playing catch up in the second half. Yeah. The O line played a lot better standing up, but they still miss Mikai Bacton in the running game. Right. It's very Definitely. clear to me. George fans, a good pass protector, but he's not as good as a run blocker. Not as not close to Mikai Bacton as a run blocker. But one thing that I also like about the floor was that he used Wesco more 18 snaps. Finally, Wesco is a good football player and he can be your insert in every single zone kind of run that the Jets like. And he was just killing people on run blocks. And that and that's gave the Jets some spark. And another sequence of plays that I'd like to highlight the Jets ran in the last drive. First down, sweep to Brexton Barrios, right? Nine yards. Second down, they ran the same jet motion to Barrios and they run outside zone to the left of Michael Carter. I think like three or four Titans defenders follow Barrios and the Jets get a 15-yard gain. That's also, I know that the, the Titans ended up tying it, but that's good. And that's for understanding that the running game needs to dialogue. He needs to get those jet motions more involved. I hope he will with Elijah Moore being back. But AVT has very encouraging. I think Morgan Moses is good. George Fant and Moses are playing well as pass protectors, especially. They're good pass protecting tackles right now. And the line is just going to improve as, as the season goes on. And when Backton comes back, hopefully we got to see this Peak Jets offensive line that will just be dominant on the ground and good when standing up. Yeah, I'm waiting to see it. Um, I were certainly a lot better. And I think that was the offensive line more than anything in pass protection was the the biggest proponent of the win yesterday for and the offense being able to play the way they did uh, because the Titans were loading the box. They were they were trying to keep everything up front. They weren't afraid to send some extra pressure. They were trying to get to Zach Wilson. They knew that their defense was maybe a little down with injuries and that they were going to have to generate some pressure if they were going to try and throw this rookie quarterback off. And the offensive line didn't let it happen. And it gave Zach the confidence to stand there and scan the field and roll out of the pocket and find, uh, you know, be able to see Keelan Cole down the field for a 50-yard bomb and direct Corey Davis long enough to get down the field off broken plays. Those weren't design plays and not to get too far into schematics here, but those as great as those plays were and as amazing as plays as they are for Zach Wilson more than anything, they don't happen if the offensive line doesn't give him enough time to roll out. And I think that is a really key factor. Once the offensive line settled in, uh, the entire offense seemed to play better. And the receivers, after one harsh drop from Corey Davis, I completely responded. I thought Keelan Cole looked fantastic. There was some opportunities, uh, even on that interception we mentioned earlier where, where Davis slipped, but Christian Fulton is squatting on the route the whole way. Keelan Cole was wide open on the other post. It was the same double post route that they ran against the Packers in preseason. And Keelan Cole was, is wide open for a big gain. And there was, and Zach Wilson just didn't see it, but on he, on top of that, they made their plays when they needed to. The out route to Keelan Cole, we already talked about, great toe drag to get both feet and bounds and make the catch. Uh, I really, really was happy with the receivers. Crowder played a great game coming back. Just as a whole, this is how you support your quarterback. This was a team win and a team effort, and I'm really happy from the offense as an entire unit. I want to sort of flash back to preseason when talk about Crowder was sort of 
in the direction of trading him. A lot of people wanted to pinch pennies and and maybe see if we could find a trade partner for him. Uh, and I didn't understand it then, and I still don't understand it now. And I feel like most people don't feel like that anymore now that they see how valuable it is to have a presence like him on the field. I felt like his presence back on the field sort of brought a confidence uh, to the receiver group, and it also sort of freed them up. I feel like, as a whole, they all sort of found open areas and zones. They they started uh, getting gaining space and, and man. Uh, I feel like they definitely came together, and I think uh, Crowder's presence really had a contribution to that. Absolutely, you know, Jamison Crowder is that kind of guy. That it's like it's almost intangible how good he is because when you look the eye test like okay he's good you basically evaluate him the same way we evaluate Braxton Bears good routes etc but the thing is Crowder is it's a plus the way he plays this lot position because he times his routes perfectly he knows which cover he's facing every snap so he times his routes he is a great great clear route receiver and he's just a guy that your quarterback can trust right Wilson can look to Crowder and he knows it. And Crowder is also good with the ball in his hands. He's dynamic. The Jets threw a couple of screen passes, you and one he dropped. And you don't see it with Barrios and LaFleur's play calling. It's like LaFleur trusts Crowder more also on the open field. And, and, and having a guy in the slot that knows the field spaces, knows how to draw coverage, it opens up the game to the outside receivers, right? And, and, and that's so important. And with Elijah Moore coming back next week against the Falcons and with Jameson Crowder continuing to build out and play, I see this receiving unit being good, as good as we predicted before the season. And hopefully with Elijah Moore breaking out so. Yeah, Vitor, you just mentioned Crowder's route running in space, and I want to highlight that on on top of that because I'm right there with you. Uh, on the touchdown catch that he had, uh, Zach Wilson threw that ball late, and Crowder was was open immediately off of his out route. As soon as he got to the sticks, he put his foot in the dirt, and he was wide open. And Zach Wilson hesitated for a half second and thought about throwing it. Luckily, had the arm strength to throw it sidearm and beat the beat the coverage anyway. But Crowder was wide open immediately off the line. And I think that once Zach gets a little more trust in having Crowder there, because he really hasn't had him too much and is able to look his way more often, I think he's going to hit those balls a little bit sooner and you're going to see Crowder after the catch. You're going to see those plays turn into bigger gains. So if we just remember, I don't remember if this was last season or the season before because Adam Gase, Adam Gase years are all a blur to me, but Crowder had like a 69 yard touchdown on an out route where he catches a quick out in space, breaks a tackle and goes up the sideline. That's the type of guy he can be. We, we have multiple guys who can be dangerous with the ball in their hands and get into space and create space for themselves. And I really think that this was just the beginning of a more coming for Jamison Crowder. I really, really do. I'm really was really, really happy with him off a game back. And I would I really think that once Zach gets more trust in him, like I said, it's only going to just lead to more and more. And it's just going to be I think he's going to be great this season. I'm, I'm yep. really, really excited for him. Agree. 100 yeah. percent agree. All right, well, that's going to lead me to our last point on offense, and that's that they still have room to improve. Uh, this was a great win. Offense looked the best they've done all season. Zach looked fantastic at times, and everyone is happy, and they absolutely should be, and we're not trying to take anything away from that. But you don't want this to be a flash in the pan. You don't want this to just be, uh, you know, we got our win, and now we can feel comfortable, and let's go back into our old habits. You want this to be a building block, and I think that first and foremost, run blocking early. Matt, you alluded to it earlier where – Getting more effective runs earlier in the game uh, 
is a something that needs to happen, but I also think that they can kind of change their game plan a little bit and maybe try and spread teams out and throw with the quick game a little bit to open up the defense. Vitor, like you said, the Titans were playing bare fronts. They had eight people in the box. It's hard to run the ball when you got eight people in the box. And if you want to get your run game going with a team that's loading up to stop it, spread them out. Get some quick outs to Crowder, like I just talked about. Let's let's spread the defense out a little bit. Let's let Zach deal in the quick game and open up the run game with the passing game, not so much the other way around. I'd love to know what you guys think. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they could use a quick game more. But one thing I noticed with Zach in quick game, he's usually late when throwing quick routes, right? He needs to see it open on a quick game before he throws it. And and that's the reason I think LaFleur is kind of hesitant to call quick game a lot. And, and it's going to come with time with Zach, right? Because throwing it quick, it's harder to throw in deep and intermediate because the windows are so much tighter. And I think Zach's still not confident enough to pull off some throws that just need to throw, right? You, you know, just throw, get some zip in the ball, one, two, three, boom, or just open your hips and throws. I feel like Zach still has done in executing this part of the offense. But I 100% agree with you. They need to sometimes stop force fighting the run, right? You yeah. feel like against the Panthers, that was the case. Against now against the Titans, that was the case. And it, it's either run or a big play for LaFleur, it looks like. And I feel like they could just, if you if you don't trust Zach to, to execute your kick game concepts, okay, a little bit of screen passes, right? Some RPLs, yep. I feel like it's easier. And I agree with you. I feel like they could change it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I did really like is how LaFleur sort of was a little quicker to make adjustments. Uh, in the first two to three series, he was really straining uh, the running out of uh, 21 or 12 man personnel. And it wasn't really going anywhere. Uh, but in other games, he's made this adjustment after the half when we're down maybe 17 points. Uh, but he made an adjustment in the fourth drive, the, the drive that we scored. He started throwing out the 21 personnel and 12 personnel. Uh, but this time he started playing uh, doing play action out of it and uh, Zach was definitely finding some success there uh, so I I find it very encouraging that he's now recognizing these uh, deficiencies early and playing off of them for some success yeah I agree and I think Elijah Moore coming back will be a big help to this as well because you can manufacture some yards you can call some screens to him you can give him the jet motion that you gave to Barrios and I thought Barrios actually had a quiet really good game he, had, he was great in the return game he had a great punt return yep. to get them in good position he did great on that uh, on that jet motion play he's quietly been good all year and but Elijah Moore is a different caliber of athlete and I think Elijah Moore can take more advantage of those plays and get more chunk plays as just instead of a nine yard gain. And not that there's anything wrong with a nine yard gain, but this is the dynamic guy that we've been waiting for. And I think now that teams might respect the deep ball a little bit more, and they might be a little more scared of getting beat over top and keeping your safeties low because they've seen that Zach can just wave a guy deep and throw it over their heads. I think these screen passes might be a little more open. It's hard to, to throw screens when everybody's already loading the box. They're near where the ball is. There's going to be more guys than the blockers that you have out to catch on the pass. That's what we saw in the couple of screens to Michael Carter uh, in Denver in this past week where they're throwing screen passes, which is good, but they're not doing anything to widen the defense out to give space for the screen to develop. I would like to see more of that with some jet motion. I think it's going to get better, but there still is room to improve. And I really hope that this is a building block and not a flash in the pan. Uh, that's my final thoughts. Yeah, I agree. 
All right. Well, that's going to take us to the defense, which played absolutely fantastic from top to bottom. I think everybody is absolutely thrilled. And it starts up front. Defense had seven sacks on the day. Uh, absolutely monster game from everybody, practically. I think I saw something on Twitter earlier today where the statistics that this is the first game uh, in at least 25 years where more than four players had at least four pressures in a game. And it was Huff, Quinn and Williams, JFM. And uh, I believe it was Sheldon Rankins was the fourth. It was either him or Foley, but it really doesn't matter because everybody was getting pressure. Everybody was getting home. It was an absolute crushing of the Titans offensive line. Uh, Quinn and Williams had two sacks. Bryce Huff should have had like four. And it was it was great. I, I was absolutely, absolutely blown away. Uh, I just put out a film piece on Quinn and Williams last week saying that this was this was it. He was back. He's fully healthy. He's he's locked in. And it was just the exact same this week. Uh, it's just going to continue on from here. I'm I'm ecstatic with the defensive line. I'd want to know what you guys think about it as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they played great and they just played very fluid game with each other. They all played off of yes. each other's strengths to really hit home. You could see Rankins beating his guy one on one while uh, while Quinnen's getting doubled and really forcing Tannehill up pocket. And Quinnen does a nice spin move to get the sack. Or you'll see Huff taking his tackle uh, deep up the arc and allowing uh, Quincy to blitz for uh, a sack. Uh, they all just played off each other very well, and the Titans really had no answer for it. And people were really down on this defense when we lost Lawson. But now that we see who we have and how they're stepping up, I feel like that worry has sort of dissipated a little bit. And for good reason, these guys are playing lights out. Yeah, they're playing really well. Franklin Myers, man, he's playing elite five-tack right now. Robert Sala didn't have a player as a pass rusher playing five-tack, the Solomon Thomas position in 49ers, near the level of... Franklin Myers and the way he has performed thus far. He's playing really, really well. And even though Bryce Huff is not Carl Lawson, he is also doing a great job in a positive edge. And up the middle, we have rankings, who's bull rushing people, and Kinnan is just a complete package. Right now, the Jets front four, man, it is just as good as we thought it would be rushing the passer with Lawson in the lineup, right? And, and, and that's great. Shaq Lawson was also a good addition. He's a good run stuffer. He, he, he's strong against the running game. And it's just a good unit right now. And, and that's where everything starts for this defense because they create pressure, cornerbacks feed off the pressure. Mosley and Quincy Williams are flying off the ball in and out and just everything starting up front. I'm really, really happy to see that what we predicted is happening. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Bryce Huff might not be Carl Lawson, but you know he might be Robert Mathis with the way he is playing right now because I, the, the way he gets around the corner, his quickness off the snap and his bend the way he flattens at the top of his rush it looks like a all pro edge rusher like that yeah. that what looks like when uh, like i said a few weeks ago dwight freeney was the name that i thought of like and i'm this is high praise and i mean it i'm not i'm not trying to be hyperbolic here at all bryce huff has looked that good as an undrafted free agent edge rusher coming off the edge he is beating all pros he dusted taylor lawan for what should have been the game ceiling sack fumble um and among having other reps where he is just smoking people off the edge with his speed and his bend. And it's so hard to defend, especially when you have guys like Quinnen and Sheldon inside that are generating pressure up the pocket. And we're seeing that pay off dividends for them. 
more so than the other way around, Bryce Huff is forcing people to step up into these guys because he is getting around the corner so quickly. I'm I really think that he is going to finish the year. Like I'm I'm going to call my shot in week four. He's going to finish with double digit sacks. I, I he looks he looks unblockable at times. He looks that good. Yeah, yeah. could be could very well be. I, I can see us having two 10 plus sack uh, edge rushers between Franklin Myers and, and Huff. And it sort of begs the question, what do we do next year? <laughs> if we bring Franklin Myers back, uh, who are you taking off the field? Yeah, that is, that is a good question. And, and I think it might be a situation where, where you have uh, multiple options and you take off who else, who's on the field, depending on situation, personnel, the team you're facing, and you can kind of mold your defense to be to be multiple with personnel in more ways than one. And if you have a team that might be more heavy run, you can put Franklin Myers and Carl Lawson in. If you have a team that's going to be throwing all the time, then you put Lawson and Huff in. Maybe JFM comes in to do some inside rush work. I mean, the uh, the possibilities are endless. I would say that it's a good problem to have, if anything else. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Those guys who see the field together have no doubts about it. They will be really good. Yeah, the defensive line as a whole was was amazing. Uh, but I want to take a second here to wax poetically about who I thought was the best player on the field for either team, and that is C.J. Mosley. Uh, this was an an excellent, excellent game from C.J. Mosley. I don't give a crap what a PFF grade says because uh, I think they're over-calculating. Matt, we were talking off air, but I think they're over-calculating uh, the screen passes, and they're saying that those are missed tackles or plays given up in coverage by C.J. Mosley on screen passes. First off, there was multiple missed block in the back calls, and I'm not going to spend time griping on the refs, but that was the first part of it. And second, there were good play calls by the Tennessee Titans offensive line, and it's really hard to defend, and I don't think C.J. Mosley was the proponent of those screen passes being let up but everything else that cj mosley did yesterday was absolutely lights out absolutely lights out he was a force in the run game for a guy that slimmed down to get lighter to be more athletic in this defense he comes downhill just like he used to there's no fear in his game there's got pop in his pads there was a play where he came up the a gap and stood up derrick henry in the hole like it was an oklahoma drill shout out to the name of this podcast and it was it was it was something. I mean, we saw him laying hits when he was flying in for the sack. He was laying a hit. His plays and coverage were excellent. And the one play I want to talk about, I posted it on Twitter today, where the Jets on multiple third downs earlier in this game. This was in the fourth quarter. This was, I believe they were still up seven at this point. And this was a third down stop to get the ball back. The Jets had been getting destroyed on third down when the Titans would go into bunch sets and they would run slants to the outside receiver out of the bunch because the Jets would usually play man coverage on third down. And when you're playing man coverage and you have a receiver in a bunch that's running a slant, unless you pass off or you do some sort of match coverage, it's really hard to play man and cover a slant out of the out of a bunch because you got all the people in the way creating a natural pick for you and getting separation. Jets lost at least two or three third downs on the exact same play where it was just a slant out of the bunch earlier in the game and they get into this situation on third and six and it's the sack you talked about Matt where Sheldon Rankins gets pressure and he steps up into Quinnen before that happens CJ Mosley sees the Titans they come out in a two by two and they motion a receiver over and they get into a bunch on the left as soon as CJ sees the motion he checks the zone and Robert Sala said it in his press conference today that's not something that linebackers in their system normally do they don't check they don't have checks. The coaches will make the checks or they'll they might adjust depending on a motion on a formation shift or something else. But you're not going to check to a whole new play. Well, CJ Mosley said, I'm not going to sit here and let them beat us with the slant at a bunch again for the fourth time and give up this third down. He checks to, I believe it was a cover two, 
and absolutely blankets the slant on the inside. There's nowhere to go for the ball. Ryan Tannehill hitches. He's forced to step up, and Quinnen brings him down for a sack, and it gets the defense off the field. Absolutely excellent by C.J. Mosley to recognize the play coming, to change the defense, to go out of structure, to say, you know what, Robert Sala, I'm on the field. I'm C.J. Mosley. I'm an all-pro. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to make this call, and it's going to be the right one. Um, apart from his other physical plays that he made on the day, I thought this was the best game I have seen from any Jets player in quite a long time. I, it was fantastic. I could spend all day raving about C.J. Mosley. Probably the best Jets game by a Jets defender since he played his best game against Buffalo in 2019. Yeah, he's just fantastic. I, I agree with everything you said, Andrew. Mosley was flying around, you know, and the thing is, he's now much more athletic than he was, and this helps his instincts. He's a very instinctive player. He's very smart, but now he is faster. So he gets to the place that he knows he needs to be faster. And, and that's why he's having so many tackles. He's having like 10 plus tackles each game. He's had 10 plus tackles each game this season. And that's because his intelligence, his instincts aligned to his speed are just getting him to the ball every play. He has been everything we thought he would be in 2019 and a little bit more. Yeah, we have a top-tier defense again, and I don't think we have that without Mosley playing the way he has. He is that field general that we needed, and we expected, and we finally get to see it, and everybody's sort of playing off of that. I feel like his communication with everyone has molded this defense around him to be the juggernaut that it is. Yeah, he is leading this defense. Point blank period. He is the leader of this defense right now, and he's playing lights out. Uh, I'm uh, every every dollar that CJ Mosley is making, he is earning every single dollar of it with his play this season. And and I think it's only just going to continue. We talked all se- off season about how great of linebacker coaches Jeff Ulbrich and Robert Sala were, and I think we're seeing that pay off dividends for a guy who is already really good. I mean, Quincy Williams, on top of that, came out of nowhere and had another great game. He might be something with the way he's been playing. If he could just get his head up and look for the ball sometimes, he might have a couple interceptions on top of these big tackles. But uh, we're seeing we're seeing it pay off with our coaching staff. The defense has been absolutely excellent as a whole, and, and it was just start to finish. It was just a great game. Uh, and we're going to get to our last point here, and that's the fact that everybody on this team hit Derrick Henry with no fear. Everybody came downhill, laid laid the wood, knew that they had to bring the, the old saying is bring your lunch pail. They had to bring their lunch pails and they had to come in hard and make a, a tough stop against the toughest to tackle running back in the NFL, maybe in the last handful of years. And, and despite what the box score said, CJ Mosley said it himself in his press conference, you know, when you're facing a guy like that, you can't just look at the final score and look at the numbers and judge. You have to do it on a situation and a play by play basis. I would say that for the most part, they did a really solid job containing him and laying him down when the time came to lay a hit. I was really happy with the defense as a whole when they needed to come up and make hits on Henry. Yeah, absolutely. I they needed to do this and they did a team wide. From the smallest guy, you got Gidry flying around and making yep. great open field tackles, uh, to Quincy Williams molly whopping him, making him look like a human, uh, which he's not. <laughs> so it, every single one of these defenders came to play and really made Henry look like a normal running back, which he is definitely not. He got he got his yards, he got his skins, but at the same time, we were able to stop him enough so that he couldn't run away with the game. Yeah, that was it. That was it. They were all over the place and not afraid to hit. I, I, I was tweeting today about Javelin Gidry, 
and the tackle that he made on Henry uh, in overtime that basically saved the game. Yeah. And that's the mentality with every player in this Jets defense. They will play fearlessly. They will play aggressive. They will bring you down and you won't score on, on them easily. And that's why they're such so that's why they tackle so well, because that's the premise of Salah's defense. We are not going to allow touchdowns. And that's why those guys hustle around the football. You saw Quincy Williams making plays, CG Mosley making plays, the defensive backs making plays. And I don't care that Henry ran for over 100 yards. I really don't care. The Jets won the game and the defense only allowed, I think, two touchdowns or three touchdowns. And that's great. Finish, yeah. win the game. Henry, okay, fantastic. But that, you know, Henry was the only thing that their offense had. So if Henry goes off and you still win the game, that's a plus for this defense. Yeah, absolutely. That was the that was the goal of the defense with Julio Jones and AJ Brown out. That was the goal. Stop Derrick Henry from from dominating the game. And Derrick Henry didn't dominate the game. He he played well. He's an all pro for a reason. And there were times where he got his opportunities and he made the most of them, but he didn't dominate the game. And the game was won because the Jets were able to contain Derrick Henry enough and their offense was able to do enough to score when they needed. Uh, that was that was what we needed. What was the first point we made last week when we were talking about this game was they needed to stop Derrick Henry, and they did. And I couldn't. I'm going to finish real quick with this. I couldn't go this podcast without mentioning Bryce Hall, uh, getting in on corner blitzes, multiple opportunities, beating tackles, making tackles on Derrick Henry in the run game, locking up on down down the field. Bryce Hall just continues to play excellent, and and he's going to continue to be playing excellent. And he's going to be quietly one of the better corners in the NFL. Looks like because he just blankets whoever is in front of him. Every Every week and now we're seeing what he can do as a blitzer and in the run game a great game from him as well defense as a whole just excellent excellent game from the defense excellent yeah uh, another game with that uh wide receiver scoring a touchdown yeah this is true and yes the titans were were necessarily down on uh you know with their wide receivers, but the passing game was for the most part contained. I mean, I would love to see the numbers. If you take away a couple of those screen passes, what Brian Tannehill's numbers passing looked like, because I bet they're not that impressive. And that's a testament to the defense as a whole, let alone the pass rush. There wasn't people open behind it. And when people got tested in coverage, they made plays. I mean, even Isaiah Dunn got in and made a great play down the sideline in coverage on a third down. I, I mean, yeah. it was it was everybody. Yeah. yeah, everybody. This entire defense played fantastic. I think we're all just we could spend all day gushing about how well they played. All right, let's finish this off, guys. Uh, we got a really big game next week in London against the Falcons. The Jets are going to be looking to continue things on, carry some momentum, string together some wins as opposed to stringing together losses. Uh, I would say the first thing that they have to do is stay focused. Uh, they had a very emotional game. You're a hype up after a win. It went to overtime. Everyone's feeling great. Let this, like we said on the offense before, let this be a building block. Let this be... Let this be the start of something and let this not be something that's just quick and gone in a little bit. I'm I'm really hoping that against a Falcons defense that I don't think is that good and a, a team that we're going to have some insight on from having Jeff Ulbrich just as just there as the defensive coordinator. Um, I think that this could be a game where the offense continues to do well, and I would love to see it carry over and not just be a flash in the pan. I'm going to keep saying that because I think it's the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, one thing I really want them to do is for the offense to or the, to be, I feel like our defense is going to have a little bit harder time against this offensive line uh, than they did against Tennessee. I, I don't see them getting as many pressures as they did. Uh, and we have to really stop Cordell Patterson out of the backfield 
We saw what McNichols could do in all those screen passes out of the backfield against us. Uh, and we're going to have a really hard time stopping them. So this defense really needs to carry over this energy that they had against the, the Titans and bring it this week. Yeah. The Falcons, man, they're not great defensively. Yesterday, Taylor Heineke looked like Tom Brady, and there are just so many holes in their secondary that's that's really hard to account for. But the Jets will be facing Dan Pease, right? And this guy, he's a bonafide defensive coordinator. A hundred years behind Belichick, a hundred years in the Ravens. He knows how to call defenses. He'll disguise some looks. He'll try to confuse Wilson as hard as he can because he knows he just cannot line up and play against the Jets. He'll get murdered because the, the Falcons have no talent defensively. At the same time, this is true. Jeff Ubrich coached this unit up a lot better than Peace. So I honestly think Peace scheming and trying to confuse Zach won't make much of a difference. The Jets will still find a way to run the ball on them. Wilson will still find the, the holes in the secondary that are just evident on film. And I feel like this will be a building block. The Jets win against the Titans. It will be a building block. They will play well against the Falcons and they will go two and three into the bye. Yeah, I, I actually agree. And we'll get into that when we get to score predictions. But I, I want to expand on what you just talked about with Dean Pease and Jeff Holberg Vitor, because I think it's a really good point. And I want to add on um, Dean Pease is absolutely an excellent defensive coordinator, and he will 100 percent draw up some things to try and confuse Zach Wilson. And quite honestly, I think some of them are going to work because when you have a guy that's that experienced against a rookie quarterback, he's going to be able to pull out some stuff that even again, Michael Flores, a rookie OC, isn't necessarily going to have answers for. I think it could be an issue, but. The one thing that Jeff Ulbrich did really, really well with the Falcons as their interim DC was fix their pass coverage. And mainly it was the the communication and the technique of their secondary because their secondary at the start of the year last year was just absolutely horrendous. Uh, let alone not being able to cover in man, their communication and zone was all over the place. They were not able to pass off routes correctly. It was a mess. And Ulbrich was able to clean that up. And I think the one thing that he can really do that's going to be a help is he's going to know the weaknesses of the players on this team. Yes, the scheme is different, but for the most part, the Falcons defense is pretty much the same as it was. There really isn't that many new players that are added. It's pretty much the same unit. And I think when you are familiar with the players that you're going against, you're going to be able to know their weaknesses. You're going to be able to know, oh, well, I, I know that their safety bites on this specific route. That's something I had to coach out of them. So if we can get them to bite on it again, I think you're going to see some opportunities where you might be able to pick on certain guys. And especially with the receiver talent we have, I think this is another great game to spread things out like we talked about before. Don't just run into a Dean P's defense if you don't have to. And I don't think they have to. Yeah, yeah I agree 100%. I, I really don't want Dante Fowler and Grady Jarrett to take this game over. Uh, I don't, I want our offensive line to keep that energy up, keep that continuity up uh, and sort of stonewall them and give Zach the, the opportunities that he's going to be presented with. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's, that's definitely going to be key for everything is going to be carrying over the, the quality play from everybody and especially the offensive line, because if, if the protection isn't there, it's not going to matter. That's that yep. simple. That's it. That's it. Yes. All right. Let's get into some score predictions and finish this off, guys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, the Falcons uh, London game is actually going to be on my birthday, so I could not predict a Jets loss on my birthday. That's just not happening. Uh, Zach Wilson continues to be on fire. The defense continues to play lights out. 28-10 Jets win. Uh, I'm also going to go with a win. I'm going to say 24-20. Uh, I think uh, Cordell Patterson's going to get some scores and we'll, but we'll 
pretty much uh, will generally do a good job stopping everybody else. Uh, and Zach's going to be able to keep pace and, uh, and pull out a win. Yeah, I also think the Jets will win. They will score 24 points. We'll also throw a couple of touchdowns. And the Falcons will only score 10 on the Jets. 24-10 Jets win. 2-3 two headed into the bye. Two weeks to prepare for the Patriots. Revenge game against Belichick in Foxborough. And who knows? Maybe 3-3? Three three. Maybe. All right. Well, this has been the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I've been your host, Andrew. You can find me at AndrewGolden underscore 17. Guys, you know the drill. I'm Matt. You can find me at Zazzy Jets. And I'm Vitor. You can find me at Vitor Paiva M. As at OKD Podcast on Twitter. Thank you guys again so much for listening. And we'll be back next week to hopefully review a second in a row win for the Jets. We'll be back next week. Thank you again. Bye bye. 